0: So our reading is John chapter 6 which you will find in your Bibles on page 1069 if you've not already found it. Jesus feeds the 5,000. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is, the Sea of Tiberius, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him. For he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go amongst so many? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather up the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Jesus walks on the water. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake of Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed three or three and a half miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were terrified. But he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that they had gone away alone. Then, some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus.
1: We continue with verse 25. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you are the, you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On Him God the Father has placed His seal of approval. Then he asked him, who must, be, who must we do to do the work God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So he asked him, what miraculous sign there will, will you give that we may see and believe? What will you do? Our forefathers are at manna in the wilderness, in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread of heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said, from now on, Give us this bread. And then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whatever comes to me, whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will. This is the, w- the will of him who sent me that I shall lose none of all that he has given me but raise them up at the last day. For the Father's will is that every one who looks to the Son and believes in him, shall have eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. And now we go to verse 58. So if, uh, 58, yes. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died. But he who feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about him, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? What if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and also who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. From this time, many of the disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon, parts up. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. And then Jesus replied, Have I not chosen you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, who through one of the twelve was, not, was to, later to, behave, to betray him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God.
2: Thank you, Stephen and Ray. Our church contains many wonderful bakers. Uh, we often eat cake here, and some of you bake bread as well and some of you even have a sourdough starter in your fridge, a little pet who you feed regularly don 't keep pets in your fridge friends i 'm not just just your sourdough starter. I don't think any of you have a sourdough starter as old as the one you can get from the 1847 Oregon Trail Preservation Society. Did you see this story this week? It's my favourite story of the week. This group was put together to keep a sourdough starter going, which made it across the Oregon Trail with settlers in 1847 and is still going strong. They used to get about 20 or 30 requests every week to just send a little bit of that sourdough starter out in the post. So far, so good. But then came TikTok, and the sourdough starter went viral, if you can say that about yeast. Um, Now they get thousands of requests, and the starter has been sent to just about every country on the planet. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. It's a saying which is exactly as understandable as it was 2,000 years ago when he said it. Bread was the absolute staple food at the time. No rice or potatoes for them. No meals without bread. So this morning we're thinking about John 6, which is a long chapter. It splits into four scenes. And we're going to think briefly about each one in turn with a little point. Jesus brings God's abundance. That's our first point. Jesus brings God's security. Jesus is as essential as food. And Jesus is too much for some. Those are our four thoughts. They're all going to come up. So Jesus brings God's abundance. This is our first thought. The first little scene, verses 1 to 15. We've reached the fourth sign recorded by John, the feeding of the 5,000. And in fact, this is the only miracle to be recorded in all four Gospels. So it is an essential part of Jesus' story. We're in Galilee, verse 1. The the other Gospels focus a lot on Jesus' ministry in Galilee, and John, not so much. So that makes it quite interesting. Jesus is being pursued by a great crowd, verse 2. They've seen lots of people being healed, and understandably they want a bit of that for themselves. It's spring, it's nearly Passover, verse 4. And John John records three Passovers, they're like bookends in his book. This is the middle one. So Jesus sees the crowd, and he thinks immediately of their physical needs saying to Philip, verse 5, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Philip nearly chokes on his cappuccino at this point, at the thought. Uh, But then Andrew helpfully finds a boy with a packed lunch, five little rolls and two small fish, verse 9. So the people sit down, and fortunately this is the only time of year where there is any grass in that part of the world. Turns out that there are about 5,000 men there, Verse 10, plus women and children that have been there as well. So it could be as many as 20,000 people sat on this hillside. That, by the way, is the capacity of the O2 arena. So if you just think, if you've been to something in the O2, just think of that. Verse 11, Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. So from one little pack lunch, everyone gets fed, and then there are 12 baskets of leftovers. Verse 13, one for each tribe of Israel or apostle. The number 12 is always significant in the Bible. So next time you're at the O2, think about opening a pack lunch, passing it round, and ending up with 12 baskets of leftovers and everyone full. Even Ariana Grande can't manage that one. Jesus brings God's abundance. Some people have tried to rationalize this miracle. You know, maybe when people saw the bread being shared, they all got out their packed lunches and started to eat. But all four gospel accounts are quite clear that this is a miracle, the fourth sign, as we saw. Jesus is shown to bring God's abundance. Food just multiplies and multiplies and multiplies under God's blessing. So everyone ends up full and there is loads left over. Now, if you or I were catering for a dinner party and there was an enormous amount of food left over, you might feel like you'd overdone it. You want a little bit left over, don't you? This is the same God, though, who turns water into wine and doesn't just give you enough but fills enormous stone jars. He is the sower who doesn't just do what any sensible sower would do, which is sensibly put the seed in the ground where it's going to grow, but just throws armfuls of it over the ground willy-nilly, not worrying about where it's going to land. In God's economy, there is more than enough for everyone. Jesus brings God's abundance. Now I wonder what your view is of God. God. Some people see God as a stern father figure, maybe with a judgmental voice begrudging you the good things in life. And if you had a troubled relationship with your father, then the idea of God as father can be quite problematic. But this miracle is a sign of God, a God who brings abundance and joy. At God's table, there is more food than you could ever need. And more wine, and it 's the good stuff it 's not the cheap stuff. Now, if you struggle to visualize that God, you need to think again. Jesus brings god 's abundance and there 's something really important here about this little boy as well he doesn 't get much of a look in in the story, but do you notice that he just brings what he 's got and gives it to the disciples, and when it 's distributed, God does amazing things. Friends. God doesn't want what you don't have. God wants what he's given you. And when you give it back to him, he can just do remarkable things with it. Jesus brings God's abundance. So that's our first thought. We've got three more. Jesus brings God's security. This is our next bit, verses 16 to 21, if you're looking down. So scene two sees... The disciples leaving for Capernaum across the water without Jesus. He's gone up the mountain by himself, probably a bit overwhelmed by all the crowds. Uh, Verse 17, the end of that verse. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. Now remember, when it mentions, when John mentions it's dark or it's light, that is always significant. Darkness and light are really key themes in John's gospel. So here it is dark. The disciples are discouraged when they get in the boat because Jesus isn't with them. And a storm blows up, things are very bad because they're three or four miles from shore. But then something amazing happens. The end of verse 19, look down. They saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. And he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. Without Jesus, the disciples are in danger and they are afraid. With Jesus, they still face danger and fear, but they have him with them, the one who is in control. Jesus brings God's security. Being with Jesus doesn't prevent the disciples from being in a storm, but being with him casts out the fear of the consequences. The living God is with them. Jesus brings God's security. And so here is the fifth miraculous sign in John's Gospel. And the, and the signs all point to something different about Jesus. So whatever you're facing today, and I know different people in this building and online will be facing all sorts of different things, some of them genuinely life-changing, Or perhaps you're just about to and you don't even know it yet. You can never face them alone when you are with Jesus. He brings light into the dark places in your life. And that's true in the world at large as well. You can trust Him. Jesus brings God's security. That's our second thought. Our third little thought, Jesus is as essential as food. And this is in verses 25 right the way through to 59. We reach scene 3 and Capernaum on the other side of the lake. And the the crowd are still following Jesus and they are looking for all the wrong things. So verse 26, Jesus says, you're looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill." You know, why bother going to the bakers when you can just get it from Jesus? Verse 28, they ask, what must we do to do the works God requires? They are totally focused on themselves. What must we do? What can I do? And again, that's, Jesus is very countercultural when he says the kingdom of God is not about the things you do. It's about what God has done. Verse 30, what sign will you give then that we can see it and believe in you? It's not enough to see a lame man get up and walk or a packed lunch turned into food for thousands. They, they make the connection with manna, with the food that God gave his people while they were in the wilderness with Moses thousands of years earlier, something they remember. But Jesus offers something else. Verse 32, bread from heaven. And then he says some of his most famous words, verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now, along with the seven signs in John's Gospel, John also records seven I am phrases. And this is the first, I am the bread of life. And, of course, all of them connect to what God says about himself when he first reveals himself to Moses. I am who I am, or I will be who I will be. It is belief in Jesus that saves, and that belief comes from God. So verse 37 says, all those the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. And verse 40, for my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. By saying, I am the bread of life, Jesus is saying that faith in him is as essential as food. Humans can't go very long without eating, and bread of course, was the staple food. Believers can only be sustained by consuming Jesus regularly. And that's what the whole of this section, we don't have time to really pull it apart, that's what the whole of this section is saying. And it's a mistake. If you read it and you're thinking of communion only, it's not specifically about that, when Jesus is talking about his body and his blood. Talking about just consuming Jesus... So, this Lent may be a really good time, it's only the, first, the second Sunday in Lent, a good time to review your consumption of Jesus. Are you getting enough Jesus in your diet? Are you on a bit of a fast? Are you, is there enough to sustain you spiritually, or are you feeling a bit of a famine? The old 5-2 doesn't really work in this context. Perhaps you need a new small group, we have those. Perhaps you need a new Bible reading plan. We can give you those. Perhaps you need a new approach to prayer. We can suggest those. Just like the human body and food, precisely what sustains a believer spiritually will change during your life. You know, you need more vitamins in your diet when you're older because your body leaches them out more quickly. You need more calcium. When you're young or when you're old. Things like that. If if Jesus is is as essential as food, it doesn't make sense to put this on one side and deal with it later. Because you'll starve to death. Treat Jesus urgently. He is essential. That's our third point. And our fourth one then, scene four. Jesus is too much for some. Verses 60 to 71. This story has quite a downbeat ending, doesn't it? Many disciples just find Jesus' teaching too much and they walk away. Verse 66. And here are the people from that parable of the seed or the sower who grow in the stony ground. There's initial enthusiasm but shallow roots. When life gets tough, their faith withers. If the teaching's a bit much, their faith withers. You have met these people, friends. And it's one of those disappointments in church life when people walk away because it's too difficult. So Jesus asked the 12, are you going to leave too? And Peter responds, verse 68, really famous words. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. It is an extraordinary expression of confidence In the words and the work of Jesus. By now these are men who spent about a year with Jesus. And there's extraordinary stuff going on. But even as Jesus looks at his closest friends. He can see that Judas is going to betray him. Verse 71. How must that have felt? To to spend your life with this little group of men. Knowing that one is ultimately going to turn on you. It just must have been heartbreaking. And I often think, you look around the world and we watch the news, you see these terrible scenes, that must just be breaking God's heart, mustn't it? Jesus is too much for some people. So can I encourage you then to just keep investing in your relationship with Jesus? Because those seeds of faith in your life will grow and they'll be fruitful if you cultivate the ground, if you give yourself time for worship and word and prayer. And if you have children or grandchildren, build this into your time with them. Don't be ashamed of being a Christian granny when there aren't Christian parents in the picture. It was really important for me growing up that I had a grandmother who prayed, every day for me but when I was with her every day with me Christianity is both caught and taught friends they're not children are not just going to understand about prayer or Bible reading if they don't see you doing it in your own life now let's go back to where we started then our sourdough starter your carb of choice today I don't know it might be pasta or rice or potato or bread If you eat at any kind of canteen, perhaps it's all four all at once. That seems to be a speciality of canteens. Um, You don't have to have a 175-year-old sourdough starter in your fridge to bake a nice loaf of bread. You'll be relieved to hear. But as you eat, just reflect on that idea that Jesus is essential. Let's pray together. And just ask the Holy Spirit to touch your heart with the thing you need to take away from this talk today. Lord God, you are the God of abundance. Will you make the small things that we bring you into big things that change the world? With you there is security. May we put our hand in your hand and walk into the darkness with you, Lord. You are essential. May we treat you as such in every part of our lives and recognise that you are too much for some people and pray that we will invest in our relationship with you because we ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.